Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Baking powder. What a practical metaphor that the poet used for lifting our expectations and hope as we think about the approach of Christmas 20 months now into the pandemic. It certainly makes sense for us now in the 21st century, but ironically, a leavening agent like baking powder at the time of Jesus' birth would have been equated with sin. Do you suppose that Quirinius, the governor of Syria at the time of Jesus' birth, had much cause for hope? After all, he was there. In whom do you think he would have invested his hope? When you die, you will be fortunate if you are remembered by a few generations. You and I will be forgotten. If we're lucky, like Quirinius, we might end up a footnote in history. Your accomplishments gone, your possessions and wealth lost. Hang with me, folks. As Christmas approaches, <clears throat> perhaps you can set aside some time to consider what is really of value to you and what real gift that you're leaving for others. What will be your legacy? What baking powder will give life to your hope that you offer others? This week's scripture is from Luke 2, 1 through 7, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone wanted their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who was really naughty or nice. I remember as a kid hearing those words and in my mind thinking, well, if Santa is all-knowing, then why in the world am I making a Christmas list? I mean, he knows everything. He, if he knows I'm naughty or nice, he probably knows what I like, too. And depending upon how good I was, it will depend upon if I get the, the Christmas gift that I hope to get. So I remember this particular Christmas, and it was about this time of the year that you start composing your Christmas list. And I decided on that Christmas I wasn't going to make a list. I was going to let Santa decide what I was going to get. I will never do that again. There, there's real foolishness in leaving it just to chance. I realized that Santa was dependent upon my desires, 
what it is that I wanted. This last week, I've reflected, and I'm not going to create a Christmas list. In fact, I haven't for some time now. But it did make me stop and wonder about how I live my life. And I wondered if I am living my life by just chance. Am I living intentionally or am I living by just wherever the wind might be blowing? Am I charting my course or do I let the tide take me? And all I'm doing is responding to whatever might be coming my way. Those are really crucial decisions. Because whether we choose to live intentionally or just let life happen to us, things happen. There are two individuals that we find at the very beginning of Luke in chapter 2. Two individuals who chose to live their life intentionally, but yet in totally different ways. And the outcome was significantly different. The first individual we hear about in Luke chapter 2, as the text that was just read for us, talks about the governor of Syria. And by that, the governor of Syria is the one who was responsible for the majority of land of what we would call the Middle East. He was a Roman governor. Some speculate that this was actually twice that he was governor of Syria. And because he was the governor of Syria, he was responsible for the territory of Palestine, where Jesus was to be born. But in Luke chapter 2, what we hear about this governor is in one single adverbial participial phrase. When Quirinius was the governor of Syria. That's it. That's the only time we hear of this man. And understand, though, that this isn't just any man. This is the most powerful man in the Middle East at that time. And deservedly so. He was born into a very wealthy and powerful family. And because of that, he was given opportunities. One of his greatest opportunities came as he began his career in the military. He was successful. He had a knack for it. He knew how to make the right decisions. He knew how to oppress rebellious movements. And because of that, he was given more and more responsibilities. And with that responsibility came more power and more wealth, more possessions. Eventually, he was made governor of a region in Rome. Within that Roman Empire, they put him in a kind of, if you would, a region that would have been for a nice starting governor. He was successful. Not only did he take care of all the finances very wisely, but he continued to show that he was very wise when it came to the military. So he was given more and more responsibilities. That's how we ended up the governor of Syria. 
He also ended up on the Council of Rome. The man had power. The man had influence. Literally every human being that dwelt in his region, he decided what their life would be like. And he was remembered. The writer of the Gospel of Luke, who's writing two, three generations after Quirinius was alive, he doesn't even have to introduce him because he's remembered. The governor of Syria, and I would imagine the original audience when they heard the Gospels being read would go, ugh, yeah, him, because he wasn't well-liked. You see, you can be remembered, but you can be remembered because you're not well-liked. But yet, his impact was based upon the values that he had established in which he was going to live his life at a very young age. He lived intentionally. He didn't leave life to chance. He chose at a very early age what his values would be. He valued power. He valued a position. His status in life. He valued possessions. Those were the things that drove him. His decisions were made based upon those and other values. I can imagine that one of those values was the ends. They justify the means to get there. And if you had to hurt a few people on the way, so be it. That's what was so important to Quirinius. And he was remembered. But he was remembered in a very small phrase. When he was governor of Rome. Think about that. The empire that he belonged to, one of the most powerful men in that, in that empire, it would go away. And if not for history books, and if not for that one small phrase inside the Christian Bible, he would not be known to the degree that we know him today. Basically, Quirinius, despite all of his accomplishments, was boiled down to a dateline. A dateline that would introduce that second character who chose to live his life intentionally. If you're going to send out a birth announcement, one of the ways that you can establish when a person was born was by reminding people who was in power at that time. And so the writer of the Gospel of Luke does just that. He simply says, when Quirinius was governor of Syria, a baby was born by the name Jesus. 
And this is the second character that we meet. An individual who chose at a very young age to live intentionally. That he would not just let the whims of life take him. Rather, he would chart a course with a sense of intention and purpose. Jesus had a very humble beginning. Whether you read the stories literal or not, the writers of the Gospels want you to be aware that Jesus, he was just a commoner. Wasn't anything special. He was on the poorer side. His parents didn't have power. They didn't have wealth. They didn't have prestige. They didn't hold positions with either the Jewish community or within the Roman Empire. He was just a regular kid. That's who he was. But there was something unique about him. And it's because when he lived his life, he chose values that would become the compass, the true north in which he would live. It would dictate his choices. It would dictate how he interacted with other people. Those values would not be easily swayed and moved. The allure of power and prestige and position and believe me, more than likely, Jesus faced that temptation. He did not allow that to shift him away from those underlying values. He was intentional. I think some of the most common values that we find in the stories about Jesus, his life and his teachings, you got to put at the very top, love. But he didn't throw that word around casually. He talked about loving God, not unique. He talked, however, about loving your neighbor. Again, probably not overly unique. But then he said that we should love our neighbor in the same way that we loved ourselves, And that may have piqued some people's interest. To love yourself, to value who you are as a person. Because out of that love for yourself will manifest how we love and make real love for other people. And then he said something that I'm sure his followers, it startled them and they remembered because they included it in those gospel accounts he talked about loving your enemy. Now that was something unique. But that was a value that he would not be swayed away from. He talked about the value of compassion. And not only did he talk about it, he lived it. And if it meant that he had to go against some of the religious laws of the day, so be it. He talked about the value of equality. 
And that the barriers that we have created to separate, to make distinction between us and others, Jesus didn't have a lot of room for that in his life. In fact, his life was so impactful that when he died, he was remembered. Not necessarily by his accomplishments, but he was remembered in that people said, if God, if God was to become a human being, I would imagine that he would be an awful lot like that Jesus fella. So they started to talk about him, not only from the Old Testament references, but from the applicability of the day as a son of God. Because he made a difference, because he chose to live his life intentionally. You know, one of the stories that Jesus shared, a parable, I'm going to take it completely out of context. But I think this parable captures the essence between these two characters. Each of them made choices. Each of them chose how they were going to live their life. There was an intention behind it. In Luke chapter 14, we hear the first part of this parable, when it says, For which one of you, when he or she wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if they have enough to complete it? Otherwise, when they've laid a foundation, they won't be able to finish it. And all who observe it begin to ridicule them, saying, This person began to build and was not able to finish. So here it comes out of context. And placing it in the context of Quirinius and Jesus. Weigh the costs. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Today, you can decide how you're going to live the rest of your life. And if that is one day or 50 years, it doesn't matter. The story tells us that each and every one of us are laying a foundation. We're making choices. And those choices are cementing this foundation. And those choices will influence what can and will be built upon the foundation of our life. The reality is some of us here will never be able to build a structure on top of our metaphorical foundation. Just life isn't going to give us those opportunities. But this is where I differ from the parable. I think that's okay. 
because it's the next generation that will come along that can build on that foundation. You know it to be true. Your life has been built upon the previous generation's foundations, their choices. How solid that foundation is is dependent upon how intentionally that previous generation lived their life. And now the ball's in our court. It's our turn. We're the ones alive. And as this Christmas approaches us, and as we reflect upon the life of Jesus, specifically his birth, it gives us an opportunity to pause and to weigh the costs of how we're living our life. To reflect upon the values that were important to Jesus and ask ourselves very intentionally, are those important to me? And I don't care what you believe about Jesus. If he was God or not God, it doesn't matter in the sense of his values were the same. But you get to decide today with the time you have left remaining here on this earth, what kind of legacy will you leave for the next generation? The choices you make, they can be just responses to what comes your way, or they can be choices based upon those things that you truly value. Two men lived very intentional lives. And they were remembered for two very different things. They both changed the world. They just did it in different ways. You are laying a foundation. You are changing the world. This Christmas, ask yourself, are you, do it in, are you doing it intentionally? By God, I hope you are. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.